Okay, good morning, everybody. Great to see you all. What we're going to be doing first this morning is the Rooted Kids Corner. We're going to uh, be reading little devotionals every week, and we just want to engage with our children and have them a part of what this journey is. So I'm going to be reading a devotional. So please get your kids, let them sit for a couple of minutes and just listen to these stories um, as we engage with these together. Okay, I'm going to read. This one is called, This One is Just Right. Who knows, you may have been chosen queen for such a time as this. And that is from Esther 4, verse 14. And you remember the story about Goldilocks and the three bears, right? While Mama, Papa, and Baby Bear are all out for a walk, Goldilocks helps herself to their porridge, chairs, and beds, testing each one in turn until she finds the one that is just right. While Goldilocks could learn a thing or two about manners, there's something to be said for things being just right. Like our earth that we live on. It's in just the right spot for life. A place scientists call the Goldilocks zone or the habitable zone for more scientific types. Earth isn't too close to the sun, which would burn us to a crisp or too far away, which would make us and our planet look like an ice lolly. In all the vastness of space, God placed earth in just the right spot for life. And guess what else? God places each one of his people in just the right spot. Just as carefully. Like long ago when he placed Queen Esther in just the right spot to save her people. You can read this incredible story in the testimony in the book of Esther in the Bible. Now you might look up at all the stars in the sky or even all the 7.9 billion people that are in the world and start to feel very small, maybe even unimportant. But remember this, God of all creation chose you to be his very own and he put you in the right spot to play an important part in his kingdom. Yes, you may be small, but you are prized by his majesty. And have you ever been sent for by the God of all creation? How great is that? Dear God, when I start to feel small or unimportant, help me remember that you made me just right and chose me to be yours. Now, here's a, a how great fact. How great is our God? 15 different Goldilocks factors, meaning the earth is in exactly the right position, not too close to the sun, not too far away from the sun, just the right spot. There are 15 Goldilocks factors that make perfect conditions for life on earth. Things like how much water we have, the moon's pull on the earth with gravity, our spot in the Milky Way, and many more. The fact that earth meets these perfect conditions is so amazing that some astronomers have estimated the chances of there being another planet like ours, planet Earth, in the universe is around the, the option of 1 in 700 quintillion. 
quintillion. How many noughts are there in quintillion? Wow, that's a lot of noughts, eh? So God has made you just for the right time, in exactly the right spot. You're not small and insignificant. And all the crazy things that are going on in the world right now, school opening, school closing, do we go back? Don't worry. God's got it all. He has got you just in the right spot. So be encouraged today, rooted kids. Know that God is for you and he loves you very much. Okay, hello everybody. Um, it's great to be able to be back and preaching with you all again. I know in this crazy medium where we're learning to communicate with each other in very different ways and all this online stuff. I've never stared at a screen so much in my life before, I don't think, or stared at a lens on the other side of it so much. Um, you know, we speak about our kids having screen time. I wonder if the adults are passing that test at this stage too, eh? <laughs> but um, yeah, we can continue to trust in our King, knowing that He's for us, that He's with us. What a hope we have. What an assurance we have in our King Jesus, eh? And I, and I just want to honor the guys that have been preaching in the other weeks and um, Ilana speaking so beautifully out of Rahab and Farnas and uh, Anton speaking both on obedience. And I just think something very powerful in that is that obedience is not the fruit. You know, it's uh, the, the, the right thinking is the root. Obedience is the fruit, sorry. And uh, right thinking is the root to how we do and live for the things of God and how in obedience we are given power and authority. You know, it's not power to, you know, become mighty, but it's actually the power to overcome sin, the power to overcome habits, the power to stand in the authority that God has given us as children of God, as ambassadors for his kingdom. That is really powerful. And I was, you know, reminded of something that Anton was saying, um, you know, that he didn't know, you know, what was coming up and how God was aligning him. And he didn't realize the things that were laying ahead of him. And I uh, was reminded of a story and how, which can seem so insignificant at the time, but little stories of obedience that we are able to do and able to just, you know, be obedient to what God says us to do. And this is probably about 20 years ago. I, I bought myself a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses. They weren't the teardrop kind of uh, police cop looking type, but hey, they were Ray-Bans. And uh, I prized my Ray-Bans. They were a great pair of glasses. I just decided that I'd started earning some money. Here's my chance to kind of, you know, get a nice pair of sunglasses. And I, and I didn't have them for very long. And in the group of friends that we were a part of and hanging around, uh, I think I was sitting on the beach the one day and the group of friends were around and God nudged me and said, I want you to give your Ray-Bans to that guy. And I'm like, really? Give my Ray-Bans away to that guy? Like, why would I do that? I've just got them. And it never left me. It nudged me. It nudged me the whole time. And eventually I thought, no, I'm just going to be obedient. And uh, so I actually made a plan to meet him in his house one morning after the driving round. I was a rep at that stage driving around and uh, just said, hey, bro, I feel God's just said to me, you need to I need to give you my my Ray-Bans. And he was like, wow, thanks, bro. That's that's amazing. And he received them. And then only realizing this now, never actually thinking about it, but I just reminded of this twice. That guy that I gave my sunglasses to has helped us in the process of buying a home. When we moved to Mansum Toti in 2005, he helped us in signing all the papers and gave us an incredibly big discount on all the legal and transfer fees. And then in 2005, sorry, two, yeah, 2015, we were able to buy this house. 
that we're in now. And again, he stepped in and was able to help us with all the legal fees and he reduced our price substantially. And I'm like, wow, was, was that, a, did God know that was coming? You know, we didn't do it to get, it was done in obedience and his heart was just warm to us. I can't say exactly if it was equated to that, but it could well have played a part of that. So the little steps of obedience, folks, you don't know what's coming up and how God leads. And uh, so just follow that, consult the Lord, speak with him and allow him to just walk and, and lead and guide you in that. And I know the times we're in now, the emotions with all our kids and the ups and downs and back to school and then schools being closed down and all the frustrations, what's happening around us. You know, just I, I speak grace over you, those that have, have their kids in government schools and just the ups and downs that are going there. Just stand firm, stand firm and hold on to what God is doing for us now. And it's, it's so important to, you know, all that's happening around us is to understand the times. I keep saying this every time I get a chance to speak to you is we've got to understand the times we're living in. The sons of Issachar understood the times and having an understanding of what that allows us to get a perspective from God's perspective on what's happening around us. And, you know, the, the, con, the, the idea and the, the reality of death is something that has been far more forefront that we've been exposed to right now because of COVID. And Steve Morris mentioned this, you know, quite a few weeks ago, right at the beginning, how Tim Keller mentioned about um, the, the church and the kingdom of God and the people facing death. It's like a smelling salts to us. It's like a wake up to us because we're not afraid of death and many of us around you many of you are facing death people are dying around you you know your neighbors or friends or family in the context of that is becoming more and more real but the the reality is we face death all the time and it's almost like we've been desensitized a little bit to the realities of death and there's a waking up to this reality and for the non-believer to face death is fear the, the, the idea of the end being in place stirs too much in them that they don't have answers for. That's why we have an assurance and a hope. The things that we are facing in these times are, 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 are real and you can't avoid them, you know, but it's, it's given context to so much else that happens around us in our worlds relating to death. Did, did we just bypass those? Did we forget about those? So God's awakening something in the church and the believer and for the unbeliever to face something that they that they're trying to avoid. We live in a time and an age where more and more people are trying to avoid the realities of getting older. And uh, nip and tuck is all part of that, I suppose. But, um, you know, what uh, we're also seeing is the exposing of governments and their, their intentions around the world. It's being exposed all the time. Um, because there's so much being said about the intentions of governments. And we must remember that there are groups, there are factions of people. And I, early on in the, in, the, in the lockdown period, I had a dream and the word cabal came to me in the dream. And I've heard that word come out in numerous things I've watched over the last while. There are cabals of people that control and have power and utilize their power through money and through um, influence that to dictate and to cause things to be done in super, certain ways. There are groups of people and we need to realize that there are wicked people in this world that have no good intentions for themselves or uh, sorry, only for themselves and not for others. 
And they are, there's wickedness in that. The schemes of the enemy, how God uses us as agents for change, agents for good, being ambassador of his kingdom. The enemy does the same and utilizes people to be agents of his doing in a world where he wants to destroy, kill and break down in every single one. We have to understand that. And it's a tough response in how we do as the church, but to understand the times that we live in. And and there are many strongholds that have been set around and over nations. And I firmly believe that things over this nation of South Africa, we are seeing strongholds being brought down. Things that are being kind of set in order from a spiritual perspective as we're feeding breakthroughs in the heavenlies of God's people that are rising with prayer, with faith and power to trust in an almighty God and knowing that the, the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities and authorities in the heavenlies. And we are standing firm in what God is doing for us. But in that, there's this frustration of, um, and almost for me, almost getting like got angry a little bit with, our, our president, Sil Ramaphosa, who, who seems like a puppet in the midst of all this, all that's going on. And he's just being told what to do. And there was a prophetic word that came out this last week from a, a renowned, well, not a renowned, very quiet, humble lady, but has been kind of understood through other prophetic people that I know and trust that have met with her. And that um, she speaks about Ramaphosa being a puppet. And it's just so frustrating because he knows the truth. He knows the truth of the Almighty, but he's wandered off from these truths. And it just, it seems like it's playing out to us. And then you see what happens in the attack being placed on our Chief Justice, Mahweng Mahweng. And the, 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 the attack on him for standing for certain truths. And he's not going to waver off it. You know, and the, the, the political agenda that is driven behind things all around. Then I came across this beautiful verse in uh, Proverbs 23, from 17 to 18. And it's uh, from the uh, Passion Translation. And it says this, Don't allow the actions of evil men to cause you to burn with anger. Instead, burn with unrelenting passion as you worship God in holy awe. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. And that's a verse for now as well. Man, it's so frustrating to see people just being pushed and swayed by all sorts of political agendas and it's, and, it's, and it's just not for the people, the wickedness, but the righteousness that we're believing for that will arise in this time and this season and hour. We've got to hold on to that. But what's happening is there's an awakening in our hearts. We are becoming more aware of what's going on and playing around us. And it's, it's, it's seeing all these things without fear and anxiety and, uh, and discerning with wisdom exactly what's happening. And God is showing us stuff over this nation. The prophets are showing us. And saying what God is revealing to us what's taking place. And we battle not against flesh and blood. But we stand firm on the truth and the power of the word of God. That things are being broken and torn down in the heaven. These allowing the righteous people to arise. And we've got to hold on to those things. And, and a way is being made for the spirit of God to come and work in the hearts and the lives of the people. Um, and let's not take for granted okay, what's happening. But keep our eyes on the maker. And, uh, and the position that he's given us as his people for the kingdom to keep standing firm at this time. And then, which leads me to a passage today that we've been working through the book of Joshua. And it's been beautiful to kind of see the context of what's happened here. But the, the power of the people of Israel had to cross over the church, the kingdom. We're crossing over into this new era. And we don't fully know what's ahead of us. But God is a shifting in us. He's aligning us to his purposes to his call, he's awakening something in us to that we become, you know, so.
comfortable with so much wrong and wickedness around us, but be arising and saying, no, no longer. And it's got to start in your hearts. It's got to start here going, no, we don't accept that anymore. We don't, we don't stand for these things. And it's not shouting a voice on social media to try and get people to rally behind you. It's a conviction in your heart that the heaven responds to of knowing as a people of God and your witness is your life that gets to portray and play that out. And I'm not going to read the passage this morning. I'm going to just kind of speak it about a little bit, but there's two contexts where it gives reference to a verse I want to speak on here this morning. And what happens there is God, it also relates to passages in Deuteronomy as well as um, previous passages where, where where God's instructed them that when I, when I get you to cross over, I want you to take memorial stones out of the river and I want you to place and make a memorial on the other side as a as a sign of what I've done for you. And what happens there is as the people cross over, the priests step their feet into the water and the water banks up and people are able to cross over. He, he asks of 12 men to come to take the stones, to, to kind of carry them on their shoulders. So they were big stones that they would carry. And, he, and God asked them to place them once all the people are through to place them where they camp and uh, where they're placed. And... Um, as a remembrance, as a memorial, as a reminder of what has done for you. And twice the Lord speaks about so that you could tell your children as they ask about what is this? Why, why was this set in place here? So that you can tell your children what I did for you in this time and the miracle that took place over that, um, over that crossing of the Jordan and how it looked, looked about for them. And I think it's important to remember the memorial is a memorial of what God has done. It's not how clever man was and how what man was able to do. It's what God did for his people. So we've got to ask ourselves, what are the things in today's time where we understand what's going on around us? It's just chaos in every single way. But it's a, it's a good chaos because it's exposing a lot of stuff. And we are that assured can hold and firm and stand knowing that God is good in every single way. And his kingdom is unshakable. So what are the things that we can hold on to? For me, in, in the past of... What memorial stones would we be able to look back upon and say, wow, God did something. And, and look at our nation, South Africa, the late 80s to early 90s. There was there was chaos in our country and we were on the brink of civil war. But God arranged and, uh, and, and through men and women that stood together and he always works through people. He just doesn't do it. He asks of people to respond and be witnesses and ambassadors of how he requires of them. And through men and women at that time in our nation, we came about where we had peace in a country where we could have gone through the route of civil war. That's a memorial to God's miraculous power that he worked over our country. We've got to tell our children about those stories. We've got to tell our children about what could have become in this country as we now get to stand together as one people, one nation believing in the goodness of God in these times. So think of what other memorial things just relating to our community. You know, we had in 2002, three that process of selling the plot of land that we owned here near the False Bay Railway Station. And miraculously, God allowed us to be able to buy the building that we have now, which has become an invaluable resource with regards to the relief that it's been playing out and helping hundreds of families every month. That's a miracle God did for us. Let's tell our children about what God did, the miracles of how he provided for us and how he, how he um, enabled that to come about where we were just obedient, half step of faith. Now we've got stories to tell about his goodness, the remembrance, the memorial, the, the remembering of what he's done for us. And I'm sure many of you in your own lives have got memorials of what God has done for you. 
You know, if you think about how the miracles of provision that have taken place in your heart and your life and financially, I'm sure the miracles of healing that many of you sit with where your body was struggling and couldn't respond. But then God miraculously healed you and restored you. How many of you've walked into restoration of relationships and brokenness and how in your own heart and how he's restored you and even redeemed you and people that have been redeemed where they've got heavy burdens hanging on them and cases against them and how God has redeemed them and set them free from those things. Those are memorials and remembrances of God. What, wow, what you did for me in my own life. And we have to tell our children about them. We have to have these marked so that when they ask, dad, why does that happen? Dad, what is that? Dad, why do you do that? Dad, why do we do this? Because of this is what the Lord did for us. This is what the Lord gave us. This is how the Lord provided for us. And it gives honor to the King of Kings on what he's done in our own hearts. We have to have that understanding and not forsake and forget what went behind in past and we've walked through. But we remember the goodness of God is what he's done for us. And I believe one of the key foundational memorial stones that we are going to be laying through this period of covid that has tested us in every single way. And as I've said, you've, you've had to deal with yourself the most in this whole period. But that the, the, the memorial and the remembrance and the power of what God has done in our lives, but in family, in the unit of family that has come together, that are learning to stand, that are learning to kind of hold firm in these seasons and time. I believe that is a, a key memorial that God is going to set in place that we are going to look back upon this time and people are going to ask about this move that God did in this 2020 time. And we said, remember, at the beginning of the year, 2020 is a year of clarity. 2020 is a year of vision. Wow, if there's ever been more clarity about what's going on around the world, if there's ever been an exposing and a greater vision of seeing what's happening around us, this is the year. There's just so much so in 2020, Janet speaks about being the year of the mouth, this decade, that so much from what's being declared and spoken is going to be set in order um, and, 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 and for the kingdom of God. And, our, and our, you know, the family unit is, is key in this season as we learn in our own homes to be unified, to stand together. And it's a test because this is the thing that's going to set us going forward and I came across in readings and stuff through the week, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says this, the secret things belong to Lord, the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. And you remember Deuteronomy was a book of the law that Moses basically read out to the people, say, don't forsake this. Be obedient. If you're disobedient, this is what's going to happen to you. And he lists all these curses that are going to take place. But if you're obedient, these are the blessings that are going to flow over your heart and your life. And he culminates it in the end by using verses like this. So that your children, to our children forever, that they, that we may do all the words of his law. You know, now we live in a new covenant context. What are the, what is the commandment of God? What is the law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Just those two. Hang on those two. Love God and love people. And in an understanding and how, how you love yourself. And these are the law. These are the things we need to show our children that we get to walk through as memorials and understanding of we, we're for all people. God is for us in every single way because we love him and he loves us and we can then love other people. And um, why I focus on this family issue of a memorial is that we've been on some calls 
over the last while with regards to the thing called the trumpet call, which was uh, motivated and driven by a woman called Suzette Hutton, who, who is the chief kind of champion intercessor for Reinhard Bonke's ministry. Now, he obviously has passed away, but that ministry continues. And man, being in the, in, in the environment and all these calls, she's based in Germany, South African lady, but being in an environment where people pray and how God is just using them to shift things. And I honestly, being on these calls felt like we we're hanging with generals. When they speak, things shift over nations. When they speak, heaven listens because they've set up so much in their own hearts and lives of obedience. But God's using them as generals to declare and speak things in the heavenlies. And that's why we're seeing things slowly breaking off the nations that are the enemies that are hold on for so long. It might not look like things are breaking free, but we are walking into these things of what God is doing. And she, on this call, and we really felt this 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 feeling of the power of the family unit. And she she played on the place from how we've become desensitized to the realities of violence, to the realities of things that are going on around in our worlds and our lives, where we look at death and we look at murders and we look at rapes and we look at abortions and we just kind of carry on. And how we've got to become awakened to the realities of what's going on around us, not to stand up and fight for it, but to be aware to set an order in place that we don't condone those things. We don't live for them. We don't abide to them. We stand for the truth of what the kingdom of God has called us to do. And, and, the, and the family unit is going to be the vessel. It's going to be the channel. It's going to be the way God is going to pour out a move of God across this nation and the nations of the world. He's going to work through family. We've all had our ideas and what this looks like and revival. And if we do this, revival will come. God's broken all paradigms of all thinking of how we see God's going to work and shift over the nations this time. The family unit is the key. Why family? Family models the government of heaven. God showed us what families. He sent his son to die for us. How the spirit just works together. They're a perfect unity, a trinity that operates like a family, but with government authority and government structure and government power together. And how we in our homes, I'm the head of this home, but I don't lord it over my children. I don't lord it over Kathleen. We stand together in, 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 a, in a unit as a family, but I'm the head of the home. But we're a family unit that honor the purposes of God and what he's doing. It's, and it's our responsibility as fathers, as leaders of homes. I know there may be many single moms and that, but you stand in unity looking at the goodness and what God has done, remembering his faithfulness to us, remembering his goodness. And through this unity and through this united thinking and through this, this way of understanding that the kingdom of this, this world is not the kingdom of our God. And we, we are, we've been saved, not only that our sins will be covered, that's just the foundational part of it, but that you've been saved from a, a way of thinking. You've been saved from a, a, a worldview that is, that is set on a certain agenda, but you've been saved into a kingdom with a culture that is counter to the things of this world. That's the power in it that we've been called to. That's the family model that we are imparting to our children, showing them what it is to live for the kingdom of God. And it's in our daily lives that we face all these little things and how we've been desensitized in a way to the realities of what's going on around us. And yes, some, some facts that, that are actually quite horrifying. 
and we've just bypassed them. And it's not like I'm trying to fix it. I'm not trying to give solutions here. I'm trying to give, give ideas of what we need to do as the kingdom, that we don't abide to these things anymore. We don't partake in them, um, and we don't agree with them. And slowly the voice of the church will arise with unity and with power, because what's happening is there's a separation, chaff and wheat. We've spoken about this. The kingdom of this world will run with the agenda, but the kingdom of our God is going to stand, and that rift is going to become wider and wider between the two, and it's going to become clear and obvious. And the question is always asked, are you for or against us? No. We are for the kingdom and we're for our king. Who are you for? You need to be for the king. That's what the angel of the Lord is saying to Joshua. Basically, who are you for? Are you with the king of kings? Because if you're not, then you're against him. And if, you know, those who are, you, are, um, you know, you don't want to fall into the hands of a, of a mighty God. It gives reference to the word about that a lot in the word. So who are we for? That's, that's, the, that's what happens in the context of so much of the worldly thinking. And the church is going to arise in unity. We're going to have to stand together believing what God, theology and doctrine are not going to be the foundations of our connection. It's going to be the kingdom that God given us. So yeah, some understanding. You know that on average, 58 people are murdered every single day in South Africa. Those are the statistics across our country. Now we are... Not, not celebrating, but we are remembering all these people dying from COVID. And it's real. I know. I get that. But it's been happening in our country every single day for years. But we don't remember those people in the brutality of how things played out. We, we need to become aware. And it just, it's been happening already. This is just a different way that God's awakening us to see things. The violent crime that has taken place in the nations, and this nation particularly, and what brews violence. You know, and, and Martin again helped us in this God story that we've done over the last weeks is that all sin, sin manifests in relationships. It plays out in your connections. It started right back with Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel had a disagreement as two brothers and there was a murder that take place. And how we see so much in our world today, sin manifests in relationships. So what happens is. You sort of blame each other. Well, you are this, blah, blah, you can't find any agreement. So there's an indifference. And there's this tussle between you two. And eventually, you know what it leads to is? Violence. That's why we see violence. Because of so much broken down and, and, and sinfulness in relationships. A breakdown. And it's between factions and people. And what does it lead to? Violence. We see that playing out in the Bible. We're seeing that playing out in our days today. In our nation. In the nations of the world. The root of it is sin. That comes through all these things. And as I said, family represents the heart of God. We, and we need to model this in our homes. But yeah, here's why we need to arise as family. Because if ever there was a time now where the family unit has been, been attacked in every single way. Because the enemy wants to destroy this unit because it's powerful when it stands together. How much today do we see? We don't have to get married. We just live together. We don't really need to honor you know, they don't even know these words, the covenant of marriage, the covenant of union that God sets two people, male and female together as one. And they form a covenant relationship that is modeling what heaven looks like. Why would the enemy want to attack a marriage unit? Because when he looks at marriage and covenant, he sees the union between Christ and his church. And he sees the power of what is in that. So he wants to break it down. So live together. Don't get married. Why would you want to do that? You honor God with your lives. Think of how high the divorce rate is. It's not over the high. The divorce rate out of the church is as high as it is in the church. You know, as people just don't want to see eye to eye. The covenant that you set in place. Um, the realities of abortion 
and how that's broken down the power of reproduction of um, babies and children coming into this world that are a generation coming forth. I mean, these stats horrified me when I read them. And this is from the World Health Organization. This is not some random kind of website where people are just kind of wanting to, you know, you know, give numbers. You know that between 40 and 50 million babies are aborted every year. That was for the past few years. And this started in the 70s with that Wade versus the people, whatever that case was, right back when. 125,000 abortions on average every single day on this planet. How does the God of heaven... How does the God of heaven look down at us and think, and, and I'm sure the words are, they don't know what they're doing. Must reiterate, I feel those words, they, they don't know what they're doing. He said that on the cross, they don't know what they're doing. What are we doing, people? What's happening on this earth, how we stand? The fatherless generation that has erupted and that's come forth in these last, say, 30 years. This fatherless generation where... So many women don't have the man that bore their child with him because he's just refusing to be responsible. The gender issues that attack family, the race issues that are coming and trying to divide and trying to break in. These things attack the family unit. And we need to know that we as the children of God are a family. Bay City Church we are the family of God. I miss you all. I miss being in front of you, preaching. I miss worshiping with you. This family that we are a unity, a unit and a, a community of the spirit, one in Christ. I miss you all because you're family to us. We've stood years. That's why Uncle Ken's death a couple of weeks ago hurt because I haven't been able to even say goodbye. There was no like letting go and just uh, when seeing is ill and kind of going through a process it was just this isolation during COVID has taken so much away we're family folks we stand together as one this unit that God is going to be using in these days to work through we've got to overcome all our little differences but we've got to align with values it's not morality and standing oh you know fight and I can do better more morally than you it's values we will stumble we'll fall we get up at our values Stand us firm on the truth of what we believe for the kingdom of God. And where are this models? You see, we're not going to get caught up in the political agenda when it comes to fighting about all these different things. Because, again, it always opposes and disapproves. Because heaven's model is clearly family. And everything that the world is shouting at us is telling us that it's different and we need to abide to their way of thinking. No, we don't. We stand firm on the truth of who we are. Because, that's again, it's forcing us to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But we eat from the tree of life. The head of the church is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we hold on to his truths. And all will be saved. That's his heart. They will all come to know. So I just want to end off with this. And I've really kind of wanted to us to awaken to this fact of the power of family. But what can I do now? What, is, what can you do? What can we do to, 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 to see these things standing in our days as we believe for God? And it's... It's really not hard. It's really not difficult. And I just want to leave us with two things. We need to be the examples that we stand for in family of being ambassadors for the kingdom. If you're not going to be an example, is that, as we've said, yeah, people don't read the Bible. They look at your life, the non-believer. They're looking at your life to see how you live. Are we an example to the world of how we model family, how we model relationships across races and cultures being one unit standing together? And this, this place of holiness and right 
believing, you see the root being right thinking, will produce the obedience which will produce the right fruit. It's all in your thinking, your position of who you are and who we are in Christ Jesus. You see, in the world, the world will see our fruit. It might look like we are insignificant and don't feel we have a massive say to these things, but the world is watching. And this has been tested, you see, by with political correct ideologies that have subtly invaded our thinking. We're too scared to stand up for the truth and the things that we do believe because we get gunned down. So we don't have to engage with arguments. We just model it. We model what family looks like. We model what a unity and a, a community that stands together as one family, we model what that looks like. And we don't try and shout out to the, to, the, to the mountains from the rooftops. We just keep doing faithfully what God has called us to do as a community. The family model is an example to the world. Okay, It's not trying harder to try and fix something that's broken. You can't fix sin. The sin was paid for by the price of the cross that Jesus paid for. It's when people want to submit and humble themselves and, and, and um, honor him as king and, and realize their wrongdoing and lead their lives into him, that's when change comes. We can't fix this, this problem. We need to just stand firm and knowing who we are as children of the living God, an heir to the throne of the Almighty God. He's called us heirs to his throne. <laughs> heirs to the throne. You have an inheritance in the kingdom because of the, the royalty that you now carry because of what Jesus has done. Okay, And even when you failed, even when the... The reality of your own world may not be an example. This is the power of redemption that Jesus has given us. And by his blood and the sacrifice that he paid allows us to overcome by his mercy and his grace that are real to us. Don't let those things hold you back and saying, oh, I, could, I can't because of my life and stuff. No, your redemption and the power of the blood that has given you has allowed you now to stand for his kingdom. And his grace and mercy is poured out to us. And the second thing that we can hold on to. And we can believe for in these days is that just the, the easy model of prayer, worship and the word that just just pray, just honor God with your life. Just speak to the heavenlies, declare his goodness, pray with your families, pray in your homes just to keep honoring God, raising a sound of worship in your hearts, just in your cars as you drive and as you walk, just have worship music running all the time, just constantly Honoring the King of Kings in your life. Allow the word to feed you. Allow the word to wash over you. To, to refresh you. To know that in you is the stream of living water that will flow. And as you kind of prime the pump in a way inside of you. Through prayer and worship and the word of God. Your hope increases. Your faith increases inside of you. Not out of your own fighting and doing. But because of the foundation of the word. And the power of prayer and worship. And honoring the King of Kings. So, folks, it's a time to stand. It's a time to allow this family model to be a, an example to the nations. And I want to finish off with this passage, Nehemiah 4, verse 14. If you understand the book of Nehemiah, he had a real desire to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he had much opposition. He was ridiculed. He was kind of pushed down. He was threatened. He was done all sorts of things, but he refused to back down because his passion and his heart was to see a city restored. And a city wall being restored so that they could find a place and build a temple and worship God and honor him. It says in Nehemiah 4 verse 14. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. If ever there was a time, do not be afraid of the voices in this world 
that are trying to push all sorts of things upon you and trying to invade you with all sorts of ideologies and thinking that you need to adhere to. No, you don't. You stand firm on the power of the kingdom of God. So what we do, remember the Lord. This is the memorial that we have setting in place of family and the power who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Let's fight for these things that we stand together in this. So what are we laying? This memorial of what God is doing in us now. We're going to look back over this time. And I've said to my kids numerous times, you are going to tell your children about the year the world went crazy. 2020, the world went crazy. All the things that have gone on. But this is what God did. This is the things we remember our Almighty did in these days and this hour. So hold on to these truths. Man, we can take encouragement that everything around us is, seems to be failing. But God is using this time to show himself strong. And he's going to be looking for a people that have faith. And that will arise with this unit of the family and the standing together as one. So let's hold on to our Creator who is the inventor and creator of family. And we honor him today. And let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you are the model of family for us to hold on to. I want to pray, Lord, for every home today. I pray that in every household, Lord, there would be unity. I pray where there's breakdowns and fractions of relationships and tension in home, which is real. We've all experienced that over this lockdown period. And I want to just, as I pray, I want to encourage you to follow three things. And I'll put them on the screen that you can follow these three processes that you need to do. You need to come before God and get to a place of where your conscience is clear. You need to be before him and confess your sins to him. Don't negate this. Don't walk away and think, oh, I can't do it. Don't, don't, don't be um, negligent in, 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 in fighting to have a clear conscience before the Almighty. And the second thing that you do is that you stand before him, confessing your sins, um, knowing that he is powerful and he's for you in every single way. Okay, but that you you hold on to the truths that he's given you and that you want to change. The third thing is that you want to change. You want to walk away from sinful habits. You want to walk away from sinful things that you want to be able to stand firm and stand free by these things. So, Father, I declare that over every home, that these three things now, Lord, we follow this process to ensure that we come before you with a pure and a, a clean hands and a pure heart, knowing the power that you've given us to be able to walk in freedom. So, Father, I pray where there are broken relationships, where there are factions in families, by your grace, Lord, I would declare over them uh, uh, in homes that fathers would have a, an arising to stand firm and to stand strong and to lead their homes. And we pray for grace, Lord, grace to, um, um, to redeem, grace to restore and set things in order, all by the power of your blood. And the foundation of all of this is your love. Love. Help us to have love in our hearts. For God so loved us that he gave his son. Help us to love others. So I'll speak these truths into you as we hold into this powerful unit of family as a memorial in this time that God is, we're going to look back upon and look at what he's done over this time and this season. So I bless you today. Have a fantastic week and we will chat again soon. Bless you all. Bye-bye. <music>